I got a lot to read, but I'm going to read as quickly as I can. And he said a certain man had two sons. Say two. Two. Say two. Two. How many did he have? Two. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. And he divided unto them his living. He divided unto them his living. One asked, he divided unto them two. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country. When the father gave him what he wanted, he said, I'm going to take what the father gave me, and I'm going to go to a far country. I'm getting away from him. And there he wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all that he had, there arose a mighty famine in the land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. And he sent him into the fields to feed the swine. And he would have fainted and filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave to it. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough to spare? And I am going hungry. I will arise and I'll go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. And I am no more worthy to be called your son. Make me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. And when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him. He had compassion. He ran. And he fell on his neck and he kissed him. And, he, and the son said unto him, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. And I am no more worthy to be called your son. But the father said unto his servants, Bring forth the best robe, and put it on him. And put a ring on his hand, and shoes on his feet. And bring hither the fatted calf, and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead, and is alive again. He was lost, and is found. And they began to be merry. Now his elder son was in the field. And as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said unto him, Your brother has come home, and your father has killed the fatted calf because he has received him safe and sound. And he was angry and would not go in. Therefore his father came out and entreated him. And he answered and said to his father, Lo, these many years have I served thee, and I've never transgressed at any time what you told me to do. And yet you have never gave us me a kid that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as your son was come, which hath devoured your living with harlots, you have killed for him the fatted calf. And he said unto him, Son, you are ever with me, and all that I have is yours. It was right that we should make merry and be glad. For this your brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and now is found. I want to talk to you on the grace of God. 
I know we've been on it for about five weeks, but I just can't get off of it, although I try. I gotta talk to you about the grace of God today. Lord Jesus, we love you. We bless you. We thank you for how awesome you are. We thank you for being the same yesterday, today, and forever. Lord, I, I believe someone is going to be set free by the power of your love today. We're going to bless you for all that you do in Christ. Amen. You may be seated. Romans 8, chapter verse 15. The Bible says, For you have received the you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Paul writes to the New Testament church, which is you and I, and says we have not a spirit to fear, but we have received a spirit of adoption by God, where God has adopted us to be our father. That God has taken on the responsibility of being each and every one of our dads. Where God said the same thing that a dad is supposed to be in the earth realm, I become to you in the spirit realm. I protect you. I counsel you. I provide for you. I show you unconditional love. I, I am going to be there for you. When the world walks out, I'll stay right there with you. When you're fearful, I'll bring faith into your life. When you're afraid and don't know what to do, I'll illuminate life and bring direction to you. He said, I become a father to you. And we have this spirit of adoption. He said, although I did not birth, you were not mine originally. I adopted you. I looked out and I chose you. And I said, I want you. I want you for mine. And I'm going to be a father to you. You're not right all the time. You, you ain't perfect. You made a lot of mistakes. But I still want you as mine. So God takes on the role of all of our fathers. Many of us have a poor uh, thinking of God. Poor mindset of God. Because if we look at a father in the earth realm, many fathers are not what God wants fathers to be. So when we translate that now into the heavenly realm, many of us feel like that God belittles us. God gives us tough love. That God, you never know whether God's going to show up or not. And if we're not careful, we have a poor view of who God is especially in the area of fatherhood. The Bible says in Matthew 7, verse number 11, If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, 
How much more shall your Father which is in heaven give good things to them that just ask him? He said, if you having the evil, meaning the sin nature, it is very easy for you to sin. It is very easy for you to think selfishly. It's very easy for you and I to think with greed and to put ourselves before our children and to put ourselves before things that are priority. If you being evil can still give good gifts in spite of all that, how much more will your Father in heaven give good things to you if you'll just ask them? You've got to get to a place that you realize that he's dad. That, that he is our father. And that he wants to give good things to you. This is probably the story that we read, the parable that Jesus told. is probably the main, in all the parables, the one I use the most when preaching. Because I love the story of how a boy went to his father. And said, I want my inheritance. I know you haven't died. I know that you're still here. But I want my inheritance from you. And the father took his living. And took his savings. And he divided it up. And said, I have two sons. And because I'm not a respecter of persons. What I'll give one, I'll give the other. I'm going to give both of you the exact same. You see, it's an incredible picture of not only what we are to God, but it's how we're supposed to be, especially as men, as fathers. That I do not do for one what I'm not willing to do for the other. That I do not show favoritism. That, that, that I, I do not provoke my children unto wrath, as Ephesians says, but that I, in all actuality, I do for one what I do for the other. So the father said, I can't just give you your inheritance and not give your brother the inheritance as well. One left, one stayed. One brother said, the reason I wanted this is so that I could go party with my friends. So that I could take what God the Father gave me and I can live the life I truly wanted. I never wanted to live in the house. I never wanted to live around the Father. I just wanted what the Father had. And once I got what the father had, I'm out. And the older brother said, I didn't even ask for it. But since the father gave it to me, why would I go anywhere? When it was the father who gave it to me in the first place. So one brother said, I'm going to take my inheritance and I'm going to go to a far country and I'm going to have a good time in life. And the other said, I'm staying right here in the house. The younger brother, the Bible says, wasted his substance with riotous living. He went out and him and his friends wasted what the father had blessed him with. 
wasted. If you look at it from our day and time, we could be able to say that he wasted his talent. He wasted the anointing. He wasted the purpose that his father gave him. He went out and abused it. He didn't use it to glorify the father. He used it to glorify himself. And in the middle of it all, he wasted his substance. He wasted more than money. He wasted his integrity. He wasted his character. He wasted everything that the Father had put in him that made him him. He wasted everything. And you got to be careful when you take what belongs to God and go use it for your own self. Because it's not just a matter of God blessing you. It's a matter of God asking you, how is your character and how is your integrity? Can I bless you with a family and you still serve me? Can I bless you with a new job and you still glorify me? Can I give you what you're really asking for and you're going to stay in my house? Or am I going to give you what you want and then you're going to go out and do whatever you want with it? And he wasted his substance. And then he found himself attached to the citizen of that far country. Because eventually, because at first he just wanted to go to a far country and have a good time. But now he attached himself to someone who was from that country. And you got to be careful that you don't connect with people who are from a far country. Who do not represent the father's house. Who do not represent the kingdom of God. And he attached himself to that person. And here's what he found out. That citizen of that country. Went and had him doing things. He was taught never to do. A Jewish boy. In the middle of a pig pen. Was not supposed to be around the pigs. He was not supposed to be feeding the hogs. But desperate times called for desperate measures. And when he had wasted everything he had, what he said one, at one time, he would never do. Now he found himself doing. What he said, God, Father, thank you for your blessing. Now he's going completely against the words and the upbringing of his father. And now he's feeding pigs. He's hanging out in the pen. He's giving the, the pigs slop. And eventually, he ran out of food himself. And he said, here I am feeding pigs. And I don't have any money to feed my own self. And not only that, I'm taking care, better care of the pigs than people are taking care of me. I'm giving pigs food, and no one else has given me any food. Because what will happen in all of our lives is when we take what God has given us and waste and go out and use it for ourselves and waste all of God's goodness for our own self, eventually we become in want as well. Eventually, it wears off. Eventually, 
We start doing what we said we would never do. Thinking like what we said we would never think like. Acting in ways we said are beneath us. But we find ourselves in a pig pen. And eventually you stay in a pig pen long enough. And you start acting like the pig that you're feeding. And then he began to feel as though I'm no longer a son of my father. I'm no longer a son. I've left. I've taken what the father gave me. I've wasted it on me. I am no longer a son. And in the middle of a pig pen one day, he started thinking to himself. And he said, wait a minute. How many hired servants are in my father's house? And I'm going hungry here. I'm going to get up and I'm going to go back to my father's house and I'm going to say, make me as one of your hired servants. I'd rather work at your house than be in this pig pit. So he was, in his mind, he was going back to the father's house, not as a son, but as a servant. Now the interesting thing to me is we all talk, we all know the story. If you've been in vacation Bible school, you've heard it since you were three years old. And we make the prodigal son the star. He is the star of the story because that's where the whole story revolves around. But the interesting thing is this father never left. He stayed. He stayed the same. The same good father that was there that gave him an inheritance he didn't have a right to have yet is the same father that every day in the theater of my mind I imagine this long dirt road. And that father standing on that dirt road every day saying, I wonder if it's the day my boy's going to come back home. I wonder if this is going to be the day that he's going to decide he'd rather be in my house than in that far country. What I love about it is that the father had so much belief in the love he gave that the moment the boy left, he looked at his servant and said, you see that calf over there? Go feed it real good. Because he didn't look at his servants when his boy got back and said, go kill a fatted calf. He said, go kill the fatted calf. Which tells me there was one particular calf that he said, you better fatten up. Because I believe with all my heart, eventually, this boy is going to come to his senses. And this boy is going to see how much I truly love him. And how much I truly cared for him. And when he comes back, I don't want him to feel like he's less than. 
when he comes back, I want him to feel like he never left in the first place. Yes. This is the grace of God. The grace of God is the moment you left the house, God started preparing for your return to the house. The moment he blessed you and you wasted it, he was already planning on your return back to him. He knew you have experienced so much of his goodness that you wasn't going to stay away too long. He knew you might not like some of the people that's in the house. Some of the people in the house might be talking about you. Some of the people in the house might have done you wrong. Some of the people in the house might not be expecting And that's why you gotta get your eyes off of church people. Yes! And you gotta get your eyes back on the Father. Because the Father is there saying, I welcome you back. Don't worry about what the brothers and sisters are saying about you. I welcome you back. So what if you've wasted your integrity? I'll build trust back in you again. So what if you wasted everything you had and you could have been using your giftings and talents for God for the last five years? I'll give you another opportunity to use your giftings and talents. Don't worry about what all the people are saying about you. The interesting thing is that when that boy was a great ways away, that father took off running. Yes. And wrapped his arms around that boy and hugged him and kissed him and said, hey, somebody bring some shoes. Put it on his feet. Hey, somebody go get my family ring. I don't know where he lost his family ring at, but somewhere in that far country, he done lost him. He done lost who he belonged to. So I want you to go bring the family ring that has the family seal on it to let him know, even though he don't feel like family, he's still family to me. And y'all go kill the fatted calf because we got a party in here. Because the Bible says there's rejoicing in heaven over one sinner that repents. And while everyone else is talking about the sin, God is excited about the repentance. And the minute someone says, God, I'm going to live for you. I'm coming back to you. Heaven has a part. Now the interesting thing about the story is to understand the Father. They're in the middle of a celebration. And the older brother, the older one, hears music, hears the excitement, and said, what's going on in there? We don't preach too much about the older brother. That's right. Because the prodigal is about people who left the church and wasted giftings and talents and blessings 
But the older brother is with people who were in the church who never left. They never left the house. They got blessed by the Father and they stayed. They got blessed by the Father and they still served Him. They got blessed by the Father and they said, why would I waste what the Father gave me with riotous living? I'm saying. So the elder brother heard all the music and said, what's going on? And they said, hey, your brother's back. And the moment he heard that my brother's back, he got an attitude. It's a silent frustration that builds in churches. I have been sitting in your seats, God, for all these years. I have sat and praised you. I have sat and worshipped you. When I was in here worshiping who you were. My brother was in a club wasting his money on harness. And now you having a celebration for him and you ain't celebrating me? Where's my appreciation for never leaving? Where is my appreciation? Oh Lord, I, I, I have been here for years. I have sat in my same seat for years. And the pastor never walked out of the office and came and hugged my neck and thanked me for being here. But the moment he sees someone who hadn't been here in five years, he's going to hug their neck. And we feel justified. And every other sibling who has done what we've done says, I know, I was thinking the same thing. What is going on around here? So here's what the father did. He left the party. And he went out to the older brother. The same God who left the house to run down the road to go get the younger brother now leaves the house and goes into the field for the older brother. The brother, watch this, who was right. The brother that was faithful. The brother who served with greatness. The brother who served the father just like he would want someone doing it for him. 
And the father basically walked out and said, what's your problem? And here's what he said. I have served you all these years, Dad. I have loved you. When everything, when me and you got into that argument, and I wanted to leave, When all these servants were talking about the, my younger brother was making you look like a fool, I defended you outside of your presence. I cared for you. I've been loyal to you. I've been faithful to you. And not once you let me have a party with my friends. Not once have you killed a fatted calf for me. Not once. Have you made me feel as special as you made him? And I love the father. Because he's the star. And the father says this. I know you are always with me. And all that I have is yours. Pastor John, what does that mean? Here's what it means. The father told him, at any moment, you could have went to those stalls yourself and had any calf you wanted. At any time, you could have walked in my bedroom and picked out any ring you wanted. At any time, you could have came to me and said, Daddy, would you do this? And I'd have done it for you. And I'd have been so good to you. But the problem is, is you never asked me. You were so busy worried about your younger brother. You were so busy in judging your younger brother. You were so busy in wanting me to punish the younger brother that you got the focus off of how good I am to you. And you started looking at the people who were in the church. And you started saying, God, how can you bless them when they don't live for you? And how can you help them when they've turned their back to you? And I've been at the SOJ for three years and I haven't received anything. And how can they be coming for two weeks and last month and wasted everything they have? I'm here today because I want to be here. Yeah. God, Father, I'm here because I want to be here. I'm not here because I wasted everything and have nowhere else to go. I kept what you gave me. I've been blessed. But if we're not careful as a church, we allow this righteousness we choose to live to cause us to be self-righteous where we start believing we're better than our siblings. And the star was the dad. 
all the kids to say. I'd have given you the inheritance too if you'd asked me. You didn't ask me. I'd have threw a party for you. You never asked me. I would have blessed you. You never asked me. We'd have had a big party here. But you never said, hey, this is what I want. And the same grace that was given to the younger brother is now the same grace issued to the older brother who believed he didn't need it. Why do I need your grace, Dad? I've been faithful. I've been in your house. I've been serving. I've been faithful. I don't need your grace. I'm good. With what you do, you have been doing. But the problem is, is you've allowed it to corrupt your spirit. In the same grace, I'm now offering the sinner. I'm now offering you who are righteous. Because if your younger brother, if your younger brother was thinking about you, he'd have never came back home. Your attitude would have kept him away. Your attitude would have caused him to say, I'm going to stay in a hall pit, a place I don't sh shouldn't be in and a place my father don't want me in. But your attitude and your judgment would have kept him in a place. So I'm thankful that in the whole pen, that your younger brother didn't think about your attitude. Because if he would have thought about the church people's attitude, he might not would have came back. church people for a minute since you're already here and we'll let you go in the house because the average church member would have been like where, where you been you need a visitor's card I haven't seen you in a long time at least you've not found out where you're supposed to be everybody coming back we gotta lose everything first. But the dad didn't do it. You know what the dad does when he sees a sinner? He hugs them. He kisses them. He gives them the best robe. He gives them the best ring. Oh, and you ain't gonna like this. He throws a party. And you know what he expects for the older brother? 
to join the party with them. He expects the older brother who has never left the house to have the heart of the father. To have the heart that says, yeah, let's party. Because the world is celebrating them. The church should be celebrating them. The world is bragging on them. The church should be bragging on them. Well, I heard that they done did this and that. Hey, let that be between the Father yes. and them. Yeah. 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 Amen. Yeah. Hear me, SOJ. Do you know how many prodigals would come back if they knew? They were going to be greeted with a hug, a kiss, and a party. Do you know how many prodigals would come back if they know when they walked back to the house it was going to be a celebration and not a belittling session over where have you been for the last six months? That's good. Today, we should all join the Father's heart. Because hear me, the Father just didn't go out for the sinner. He even went out for the righteous. And maybe today, there's not a sinner in here. But maybe there is a lot of righteous people who if you have allowed that righteous self-righteousness to cause you to have silent frustration with even people in your own family, with even people in your own church, with even people who are very close in relationship with you. And God saying, no, 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 no got to have my heart. And by the way, don't get upset with what I'm going to do for them. Since you've always been with me, if you wanted it, I'd have gave it to you a month ago. But you came to church and your mind was on people, not on the Father. Amen. Every head bowed and every eye is closed.